Welcome back or to the Grace Church Members Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rivers, and in this episode, I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Mazingo, and guest, Daniel Moore, to discuss why membership at Grace Church is a discipleship issue. Daniel serves as Grace Church's Pelham Campus Pastor and Campus Pastor Director, and I really enjoyed our discussion as we help answer the question, how could Grace Church members think when it comes to fighting a consumer-driven and self-reliant mindset? We talk about what spiritual formation requires from us, and more importantly, what does church membership have to do with obedience, humility, a willingness to submit to authority, and a commitment to love others as Christ loved us. If you're a first-time listener, we're excited you've joined us. The goal of this resource is to address discipleship issues in the life of Grace Church and discuss how to be more fully devoted to God. Be sure to check out our podcast page at gracechurchsc.org forward slash wide discipleship. On this page, you can access additional resources to help you move towards discipleship. Okay, let's jump into our episode with Daniel Moore on why membership is a discipleship issue. So before we actually talk about membership, let's talk about discipleship for a minute. That's actually a lot of the reason why I love what I do. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I grew up in the church and most churches talk about discipleship, but don't really actually follow through mm-hmm. in having these formative experiences where people are able to be taught the truth and then walk in obedience. And I think that's what discipleship is, is following Jesus in obedience. Mm-hmm. And so if we even just think about that for a minute, I mean, think about Jesus in Matthew 22. Like the Pharisees are trapping him, trying to trap him, basically asking him, what is the greatest commandment? And he tells them, he says, all right, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He goes, that's the first. And the second one's just as important, love your neighbor as yourself. And through that, really what we see is this idea that discipleship, if it's going to be following Jesus in obedience, it's going to be about loving God and loving others. Mm -hmm. So both of those things. So if we take that idea and we apply it to the church, we got to unpack membership just a little bit because like as a church, we've been studying in the book of Acts and what's so clear as we read through that and we study is that as the gospel moves forward, local churches were established. Like you would have this group of people who come to believe and they appoint leaders, they appoint elders, they know who they are supposed to care for, not just from the leader's perspective, but even from the people who are a part of the church. They are sacrificing for each other. Mm-hmm. They're taking care of each other. Mm. And this was the context for them. They are living as followers of Jesus together. So they're growing in their love for God. They're growing in their love for each other. And then ultimately, they're going to live out that love within the world as they live on mission. Mm -hmm. And so in that time, in the book of Acts or in the early church, you're not going to see them using this language of, hey, I'm a member of this church Mm -hmm. because it just didn't really apply. They're just surviving and there are major implications for them as they come to faith and as they become part of this local body. Mm But I think that's why membership to a local church now is such a big discipleship issue is Mm -hmm. we've kind of become wrapped up in this consumeristic society where there are churches on every corner. So then we start to view it through this consumeristic lens as well. What we Mm -hmm. need to make sure we're doing is saying, okay, how do we go back to the scriptures and follow Jesus in all the ways that he asked us to walk in obedience? Mm. 
people oftentimes will ask us or they might challenge us with, I don't see membership in the Bible. So how do you think we as disciples of Christ can think about that? I've heard that within our church. I've heard that recently. We have people who have been here many years who would say, no, I'm a part of the church, so I don't need to actually formally become a member. Mm -hmm. And so we've been challenged in this way. Again, I think this is a question that's really based in our culture. And the distinction between now and what we're seeing in the book of Acts or in the early church Mm. is that we have a lot of people who attend a church service on the weekend but are not truly part of the body. Like that did not exist That's right. in the early That's church. That's an important thought, yeah. I think. If you were within the community, you're worshiping together, mm-hmm. there's no concept of receiving something and taking without being a part of the whole. Yeah. And so within our culture, this is where this question comes from, where people say, well, I don't see membership in the Bible, but it really is an unfair comparison to make. So take Pentecost. Even that day, as you read through Acts, you're going to see them record the number of people who had come to faith and were baptized. The leaders knew they were organizing. That was a lot of their job, honestly, was to create organization and structure because they had a responsibility for the people that were under their care. Even as you read the New Testament epistles, you read Paul's letters to the church or even a few of the others, I think it's important that we get to the end of some of those letters, and there's this very personal language around, hey, take note of so-and-so, this person. They Mm -hmm. have walked away from the faith. You cannot have anything to do with them anymore. You have to put them out. So even for them to be able to say that in such a personal way means that they know who is in and they know who they are putting out. Mm -hmm. So again, that's a membership idea. But one of the bigger ones for us, and we talk about this a lot as pastors, I mean, Hebrews 13 there's this, this passage that says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. And so we talk about this a good bit as people come to the church and make sure they understand that this is a passage that we believe says that God is going to hold us as the pastors and leaders of the church. God is going to hold us accountable for the way that we care for our people, the way we disciple them, the way we challenge, Mm -hmm. but we have to watch over their souls. And so, I mean, just to pose a question back, how are we supposed to be accountable to God without knowing who we're responsible for? Mm -hmm. And so that, that even kind of creates the same framework for understanding more of why membership is so important. Mm. Yeah. And I think a theme that we're, we're seeing throughout some of these topics is we're basing our observations, what we're doing based on the culture as opposed to based on the Bible. So right. you read the Bible, it's pretty clear. Paul is intimately connected with these folks. He knows them by name. They're numbering folks. I mean, it's like really obvious. But our cultural view is, I think, a few things you touched on. We're not real clear on what discipleship is. We've seen some bad models of membership. And so if it doesn't mean anything, then why have it? A lot of churches have gone away from membership. And so then there's a cultural reaction against that. And then this idea of having leaders that really feel spiritually responsible Mm -hmm. for you. There's some cultural stuff that we're not really responsible for that as much as we are for obeying the Bible. So Mm -hmm. let's continue on and, and make that connection between membership and helping me grow as a disciple. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about loving God and loving others, yep. I think the only way, like, let's say that is the idea of practicing devotion. So you are, you are devoted to God in the natural 
overflow of that love for him is a love for others as well. The only way to do that is to deny yourself. And so think about the language that Jesus uses in Matthew 16. He goes, hey, if, if you want to be my follower, you want to follow me, you want to be my disciple, you have to give up your own way and take up your cross and follow me. And then he says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And so I think if we understand the gospel correctly, then we know that we cannot trust ourselves. Mm -hmm. We know that we are a product of the fall. We know that our natural orientation is to ourselves. I mean, that's why we're born in sin and iniquity. But we also know that God is in the process of redeeming all of that. Mm -hmm. And we see that through the sacrifice of Jesus. We see that through the redemption he provides. And we also know that as we trust him and follow him, that what we're going to be naturally shifting away from is walking in independence mm -hmm. and self-reliance and hopefully walking in dependence on him and humility. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about practicing devotion, but the local church becomes the place where sanctification takes place. Sanctification meaning this process of life change, spiritual formation that's happening in our lives. And so we talk a lot about how life change happens best in community. And one of the reasons why we say that, like we need, it's not just about being around people, it's actually being known and That's um, good. understanding That's truth and then applying truth in front of other people where they can know you and they can hold you accountable and they can encourage you. Mm -hmm. Because again, if we're operating off of this premise that we need to deny ourselves, that there is brokenness and darkness within us that we have to continue to trust Jesus to change then we have to acknowledge we have blind spots mm -hmm. and we need other people to see for us. Yeah. And I think that go back to the example where someone who's been in our church for a while says, I don't really understand why membership's a big deal. They're seeing all the benefits, but they're like pushing back. So we got to ask the question, like, what are we afraid of at that point? What is that person afraid of? And listen to you talk. It seems like what we should be really afraid of is putting too much trust in ourselves. Mm -hmm. But what people are afraid of is Matthew 16, losing their life. Right. Mm -hmm. And having to give up the self-reliance and the autonomy, and mm -hmm. they're afraid of being known. And so it's just ironic to me that the very thing that we need, we're afraid of, mm -hmm. and <laughs> that it's pretty clear that we have to work against our kind of natural fleshly desires in order to put ourselves in a position to grow like you talked about sanctification. Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes sense when you back up from it for a second. Yeah. But it is interesting how powerful a fearful motivator is. Is there anything else that comes to mind that you think people are afraid of? I don't think we realize how much we live in control of yeah. every moment. Yeah. So, like, take anxiety <laughs> just a, as a full cultural norm really at this point, it's evident that we are so used to living in control that the idea of giving up some control, the idea of making yourself vulnerable is terrifying. Mm -hmm. But again, that's exactly why I believe the church is so important. There's a part where when you are committing yourself to the church and you're putting yourself under authority and making yourself vulnerable, 
there's actually this huge benefit of protection that you're also receiving Mm -hmm. because you're not just saying that I'm committing myself to the church. What you're asking for is that the leaders and the church would be just as committed to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And we are not used to living in that way where there's far too much Mm -hmm. suspicion and distrust (laughs) that we're so used to living in to say, okay, so wait a minute, I'm supposed to let these people have responsibility for me and, we are trying to get to the point where we're saying that would actually be the best thing for your soul Mm -hmm. to walk in a way where you can trust and where you can make yourself vulnerable and where you can have other people speaking into your life. And because of that, there's protection. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I could tell you story after story of my life where left to myself or the more independent I become, the more I Mm self-destruct. And so if you're using my life as a case study, (laughs) I mean, I need other people knowing when I'm off. Mm-hmm. I need other people speaking in and asking questions, asking questions of my wife mm-hmm. to say, hey, this is what he said, but is this really what's actually happening at home? Mm-hmm. And those are not negative things. Those are actually right. very positive things. And we use the language of covenant membership. Can you connect the dots between why we use that language of covenant to help illustrate this two-way street? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what we see in the scriptures. So from the very beginning... God is making covenants with different people to accomplish his plans. So you go all the way back to Abraham. He makes a covenant with Abraham to make him into a great nation. See a covenant with Moses. See a covenant with David, an everlasting kingdom through his line. But then you see all these covenants come to full fruition and fulfillment through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so the new covenant, and we're living under Jesus's reign right now. And so while we await his return... We get to live out this truth of the church, which is the blessing that Jesus has given us Mm. to continue to live on mission and to grow in hope and to care for one another. But the emphasis on covenant being, this is not a contract. Mm -hmm. This is not a, hey, you do this for me, I do this for you. Right. This is, okay, we see through the scriptures a very clear vision of what it looks like to follow Jesus and to be made whole and to be redeemed. Mm. And it is going to take all of us as a body kind of this mutual submission with one another Mm -hmm. to say, we're going to serve each other. We're going to love each other in the best of times and in the worst of times (laughs) when we are lovely and when we're unlovely. Mm -hmm. And through that, you get to see God's grace just on display in so many ways. Yeah. So the idea of a covenant, it shouldn't be unfamiliar to us because it's all throughout the scriptures. And we do have some examples in our everyday life. So I think it's less unfamiliar. Is it more uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Sure. And so contract feels a lot more comfortable because I have control. Right. in that. But this idea of covenant carries some weight of responsibility or, or another kind of loaded word is authority. So let's just talk about this kind of connection between being a member of a local church and having being under authority or, or giving someone authority over your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All authority is coming from Jesus. That's right. So we need to understand that. Any church leaders who are on a power trip, they're going to get exposed very quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're trying to be faithful <laughs> more than anything. And so I believe as we're coming underneath Jesus's authority, that gets worked out through some of the protection of the leaders of the church, as well as this mutual submission to one another as members. And so we're inviting other people into our life to encourage us and to hold us accountable. Those are two key words. We've already talked about Hebrews 13, how the leaders are going to be held accountable by God for how they care and watch over the body. and But this mutual submission to one another, a willingness to confront another member in their sin, 
or a willingness to sacrifice yourself to take care of someone else's need, or even a willingness to humbly receive encouragement and accountability, because we know that receiving it is not our natural instinct. And so I think it's helpful even to take it off of just a person and to say, I'm under this person's authority right. and say, okay, this is some of the purpose of the local church and how there should be plurality. Mm-hmm. And it is very easy to see how complicated this is because in our culture, everyone is their own authority. Whatever you feel is your truth. So this is in direct opposition to that. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't be shocked by that. I mean, there's so many things about the scriptures that are transcendent as opposed to cultural or on this trajectory view. Some people would argue that, oh, you know, this was written a long time ago. So if you take the trajectory, like that applied to them in that culture, Mm -hmm. but you take this trajectory, this is where we would be nowadays. And we actually don't believe that. This is more of a transcendent view based in the character of God and God's design and the mission that he's laid out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good distinction. Yeah, Yeah. that's a really good distinction of transcendence. And again, are we taking our cues off of the culture and modifying what what we want, or are we taking our cues off of the scriptures? Mm -hmm. That's really the big question in a lot of these conversations. Yeah. So, Daniel, this design that you're talking about, it seems like you look in the scriptures and you see how he's brought about community for God's people. How have you seen that idea of community building played out at Grace? One of my favorite things to do is discovery. And so within everybody's first few weeks or months at Grace, we want to have them come to discovery where we spend a little more than an hour Mm -hmm. where a few of our pastors get to explain who we are as a church and why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. It is not a sales pitch. Mm -hmm. Can I make sure everybody knows that? We're not trying to convince everybody to come to Grace. We're just Mm -hmm. trying to create a lot of clarity around why we do the things we do Mm -hmm. so that people can say, okay, that really resonates with me and I need to be a part of that. Hey, pause there for a second. Why do we think everybody should not come to our church? Sure. There are a lot of healthy churches around Greenville. And I do believe that different churches can be faithful in very specific ways. Like we would have a lot of similarities. We have great friends all around the city. But there's also some very specific ways that we feel called to be faithful with the way that God has wired us up. For Mm -hmm. us, that is very much built around an equipping model based off of Ephesians 4, where we are not wanting people to come and watch, come and view Mm -hmm. church as something as a spectator. And so we're casting that vision from the very beginning. There are people that will hear that and go, okay, I don't know that I agree Uh, We need to do something a little bit different. So it could be around preference or some of it could be around convictions as well. Some of the specific ways that we teach, some specific interpretations. We're not trying to say we are 100% right and all these other churches are wrong, but we believe that there are different bodies around that you need to be in unity with because if you're not, you're going to spend more time fighting and arguing more so than being united on mission. Right, and going back to the early church, Mission was a big part of why they gathered together and the accountability was around mission. And we're saying that God puts different churches in different places for different expressions of his mission. And so we're not talking about something that makes you a Christian or not a Christian as relates to different gatherings of local believers in a a local body. But philosophy of ministry, preferences, I mean, all that really does does matter. And we need, we need more healthy local churches in the upstate, not less. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that actually is a good point related to membership. 
Because what we want people who come to be a part of Grace to realize that and to be able to articulate that mm -hmm. and to celebrate that in our mm -hmm. body because we feel like that's a big part to understanding that we always say this right in discovery, like Grace Church is not in the Bible. The local church is in the Bible. What yeah. we're arguing for in this particular episode is not membership at Grace Church. Mm -hmm. It's membership to a local church body where you can live out mission mm -hmm. as it is expressed in the New Testament. That's right. That's right. But to go back to your question about how God is building community, this is what's so key about it and why I brought up the idea of discovery. I want to paint a picture for people from the very beginning that to truly be part of the body, there is time that is needed. Mm. So we don't want to have people, this is not about grace, this is about any local church. You need to be planted mm. for a long period of time so that people can see the evidence of God's work in your life. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I try to paint a picture for in discovery. We've been here, our family's been here 12 years. And so there are ways, like I've known Scott all 12 of those years. He was before us. I can look at him and his family, and I can see the evidence of how God has answered prayers. I can see how God has sustained them. I can see all the evidence of God's faithfulness at work just from looking at him. Mm -hmm. I don't even have to, he doesn't have to tell me an update, mm -hmm. but I can look at him and know all that. Same thing for me. People can see our family walk mm -hmm. around, and the people that have been here the whole time can go, I remember the six years they went through infertility mm -hmm. and now look at them walk around with three children and just through visualizing that go, God is faithful. Mm -hmm. And so this is what you see is the church really does get to care for one another. Mm -hmm. And when you have those kind of relationships, like you take a moment when a tragedy strikes, mm -hmm. we, not we as pastors, but we as the church can care for somebody so well when the community is already established where if a tragedy occurs and people don't already have community established, we can care for them in some ways, but our best effort in those moments pale in comparison to what the church is able to do to rally around someone when their lives are already integrated. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so because we believe in membership, we want to establish an identity as a church family. We're not in a huge rush. So that is one critique that people have is they say, well, this membership process is it's really long, but it's also by design. Speak to that a little bit, because I think that gives some really important insight as it illustrates how this really functions as someone is getting to know and become a part of the church family. Yeah, it is by design. And, but I want to clarify it a little bit. As people come to Grace for the first time, we want to help them connect with other people very quickly. But we right. want to slow down the membership process because what we tell everybody is we actually want you to function as a member before you officially become one. So again, we are combating consumerism. We're really combating a low view of church, right. low view of church and certainly of church membership. And so by slowing down the process, we have people come to discovery and make sure they're clear on what we're doing as a church and make sure this needs to be their church home. And then after that, we do a four-week foundations course. And our goal in that, in foundations, is to help them add the rhythms of the church into their life. And so we want to help them understand why community is so important and help them start to get started there. We want to help them understand why serving is so important and help them get started there. Why giving is so important and help them get started there. Biblically oriented is one of our core values. Same thing. We need everybody to understand that biblically oriented doesn't happen just from hearing teaching on a Sunday. 
there's a personal responsibility that comes with it, and there's a corporate implication to it as well. When I say rhythms of the church, I'm really talking about our core values, but it just takes a little bit of time for people to sit in those, start to add those rhythms into their life, and then our pastors meet with them to make their membership official. And so the critical part for us is let's make sure that we are helping people see their need to walk with Jesus and have their hope fully rooted in him. Mm -hmm. And we don't believe this is going to go well if they are left to themselves, if we're alone. You're not going to do that when you're isolated or when you're outside of the church. And so if we're going to do it well, I mentioned Ephesians 4 a few minutes ago, just this idea of equipping And the end of Ephesians 4 just paints this picture that as each part of the body does its own special work, not meaning the pastors and the staff, meaning all the members of the church, as all the members serve each other and care for each other and are fully integrated, then it says that the whole body will be healthy and growing and full of love. We would love to see that lived out in our midst. And so that is the exact thing that we're pushing for, that we're teaching on, that we're oriented around. So if I could just summarize, it sounds like you're saying we can love God and love one another best within the local church. And for us, we believe that's strongly tied to membership. Absolutely. Yeah, because it helps us move away from independence and it gives us a desire to be a part of each other's life and see how you are growing in godliness And then you get to see how I'm growing in godliness. We get to be vulnerable with one another because we are practicing the disciplines of the faith. And it demonstrates that we're a part of a body that is actually doing what Jesus called us to do, which is to go and make disciples. If you're listening to this, just stop and go listen to it again, I think. And it'll probably be helpful because that's what I'm going to have to do like maybe three times. So (laughs) I think the other thing that's so inspiring really is it would put us in a position where we're not just talking about discipleship in theory. Yeah. We're actually living as disciples. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. And this is a practical way for us to get in the game. So I really appreciate you, Daniel. Do you guys think that there's anything else that we would want to say before we close? No, one of the things that I think that people miss often, we talk about the new Testament is that these letters were all written to local churches. We read them individually and independently, but that is not the way that they would have taken the majority of the New Testament, which is what we are most familiar with as New Testament believers. Like those were all written to quote unquote members of local churches. And I think that that's something that we miss because we contextualize it in our individualistic culture. Mm -hmm. So true. Well, Daniel, thank you very much for being a part of this and help capture our imagination a bit around why membership is a discipleship issue. We're really grateful for you. And uh, just thank you for spending time with us, man. Absolutely. Thanks. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, we want to thank you for joining us. We realize that listening to a podcast episode can be an individual experience, which we believe is only enhanced by talking through it and applying it to life. And this is something that we believe lots of people don't naturally seek out or have built into their lives. So we want to encourage you to share this episode with someone else and ask them to share with you any takeaways they receive from listening. Be prepared to do the same and approach their feedback with a posture to learn and apply. 
This is a great way to move towards this discipleship issue. Be sure to subscribe to your favorite podcasting channel so you can be updated with each new episode. And if you have questions or want access to any additional resources to help you dive deeper into this subject, be sure to check out our podcast page at gracechurchsc.org forward slash why discipleship. If we can help answer any questions about this episode or want to discuss something in a future episode, email us at ydiscipleship at gracechurchsc.org. Hey, thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to joining you on the next episode.